Welcome into ATL Day Ones with Jarvis and Tanitra. Coming up on today's show, the Falcons just are going to have to simply prove it. And a healthy Braves team is definitely a dangerous Braves team. And last but not least, and for the culture, how much are you willing to pay for a hot dog? We'll talk about all that next right here on ATL Day Ones. Uh, let's go. This is ATL Day Ones, part of Locked On Sports Atlanta. And it starts now. I want to start off by saying thank you for making ATL Day One your first listen of the day. Remember, we are free and available wherever you download your podcast and wherever you download your podcast. Make sure that you leave us a five-star review. Really appreciate that from you in advance. It is ATL Day One's part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode of ATL Day One's is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. Now, T. We know how traditionally uh, this this Falcons Atlanta Falcons team has been covered with all of the the moves that they made in free agency and of course making a splash in in the first round with the eighth overall pick with B. John Robinson and how all the attention has come with that. But it doesn't seem like that has changed the narrative as far as what the Falcons will do in 2023. So much so that Adam Shine of CBS Sports Network T said recently, "quote." Don't be surprised when the Atlanta Falcons shock the world and make the playoffs this season. Uh, why does he have to kind of qualify like that, T? Like, why does that always seem to be the case when it comes to talking about the Atlanta Falcons and what they're going to do in the upcoming season? Well, you know, I will find a musical analogy for anything. So as I was reading that quote and listening to him say that over and over again, I thought about too short. Why you got to say it like that? I mean, <laughs> Why just I don't understand. Like that. I go to a no, not that. Not that. No, with the attitude. Yes. You gotta say it like that. Yeah, that's the one I'm talking about because I don't yes. understand why it had to be. Why did you have to go so hard in the paint on the shock piece? This is a team that remember, even though yes, you can officially call last team last year's team, and for that matter, Jarvis, maybe in the season before, overachievers. But the team last year was an overachiever that up until about, what, the last two or three weeks was mathematically in the playoff picture. That was a team that won't look anything like this team looks this season. Like you said, whether you go from the top of the draft on through the middle of the draft or whether you go through free agency acquisitions, some upgrades in the trenches, some folks that can get after the quarterback, All of those pieces that everybody had been asking for, they've been put in place. So I don't understand the word shock, but I will agree with you and say, it seems that the Falcons fans have to hear that a little too much. And I'm not really sure where that's coming from, especially because last year, I would say the path to the postseason was about the same as this year, right? I think the path to it, the easiest path for the Falcons to me is to just win the division outright, as opposed to trying to get a a wild card berth, if you will. So if they were on their way last year and the other three teams did not get exponentially better, help me to understand why it would be such a shock to the world if the Falcons made the playoffs. I don't think it would be a shock because this division has been bad for 
the past couple of years, especially, you know, since uh, Tom Brady has, um, you know, gone down into retirement and, and we think that he won't ever see him put on a, a NFL jersey anymore. Uh, more than likely, won't be the case. But you know, I had to th- throw that little shot in there, um, <laughs> just just for uh, for good measure. But I, I think, let me just say this: I've never been a guy who say what would would look at what pe- teams doing free agents say automatically that they're going to be contenders. I will never do that because at the end of the day, you got to put the pads on and, and make it work once they're out on the field. However. When you look at this team and what they've done in the past couple of years, they've gone 14 and 20 with, how can I say this nicely, uh, a riffraff uh, kind of roster, you know what I'm saying? A lack of talent. Let me let me put it like that. They've gone into see, uh, both those seasons with a lack of talent, with, with uh, expiring contracts, overpaid players, Guys who who are uh, got fat and happy, uh, you know. I don't have to name his name. Y'all know who I'm talking about. All of those things, and, and basically just say, you know what? We're gonna strip it down uh, to to the bone, almost so to speak, and then we're gonna uh, we're gonna take our lumps in our first couple of years, and then once we get some money to spend, then we're gonna do something. So I think that if you're able to win seven games with all of that, what I just listed, you know, in two consecutive years. I really feel like with the roster that I feel like it's probably going to be, if I could put a percentage on it, what, 50% better than what it was this previous year? I, I, I'm i giving Arthur Smith the benefit of the doubt. I'm giving Terry Fondo the benefit of the doubt. And we're going to see how it plays out once it, uh, it comes September. But if you're, if, you're, if you're a national host – you have to look at what these what these what this team has done in free agency. You have to look at what they what they done in the draft and just from an offensive standpoint, it's because what we hear all the time, T, oh, this is an offensive league. You gotta score points and all that stuff. But when they when they like follow along that that protocol by drafting three guys in, on the offensive side of the football in three consecutive years, you know, and I'm talking to myself, I was like, I didn't necessarily agree with it, but that's what they've done. And I think that, you know, for an offensive-minded head coach, a really good play caller, a guy who always put his guys in position to succeed, like, I got to give him the benefit of the doubt. And if we're talking about – I think uh, I've seen some numbers, you know, uh, on the uh, on the over-unders for for upcoming season at eight and a half. I'm taking that eight and a half all day. Nine games? Absolutely I think that the Falcons can win nine games. Yeah, I don't – Again, I, I don't quite understand the shock piece because I go back to, and hey, stack the deck. Let's look yeah. at, because everyone's on paper at this point, everyone's undefeated. So right. stack the deck. Let's see what the free agency class for the Falcons looks like versus the other three teams in the NFC South. Let's look at what the draft class looks like for the Falcons versus the other three teams in the NFC South. I would right. venture to say I would put them in the same place but there are spaces and we've talked about this before there are spaces and places where the falcons have really still upgraded and not so much just upgraded against what the rest of the league or excuse me the division is going to put on the field but they've upgraded from the talent levels they had last year so if we're looking at that i mean i think we've even joked and said my goodness a 36 year old calais campbell had a quarter of the sacks of the Falcons all by himself last year. When you <laughs> right. can say things like that, or David Onyemata right there as well, those are the rationales that we would give as an example of why they could be the front runners in what you could call a division of mediocrity. Yeah, I, I think that, you know, 
overall, like this team is going to be better than what it was last year. And I don't think that that should not say shock the world. And then if they're better than they were last year, you know, they're more than likely they're going to be in contention based off of how this, this division has gone in the past couple of years. Like they're going to be in contention to win the division. So, hey, that means – you can get into the playoffs. So I, I don't think that would be uh, shocking at all. So I think, you know, a lot, some of these national uh, uh, media types kind of not, do a little research before you start going out there and saying certain things because it just sounds weird <laughs> at the end of the day. <laughs> but speaking of weird, T, how about this? You know, the, ball, the Boston Celtics, they end up not being able to pull it out against the 76ers. Obviously, you know, the 76ers were up for most of that game. And when you think about, the issue, um, Joel Embiid dealing with his injuries and everything like that, and then being back into the fold, and he was kind of struggling some. But James Harden came through in the clutch. But T, what does that mean for the other side, the Jalen Browns and, and and the other folks and the Jason Tatum's of the world? What does that mean for them as far as not being able to close out a team like the Philadelphia Seven Sixers? It says that the Sixers and Doc Rivers looked at the blueprint from Quinn Snyder and the Hawks and said, "Hey." We'll take that blueprint, and no offense to the Hawks, but we'll take that blueprint with a higher level of talent overall, meaning you know full Sixers rosters to full Hawks roster, oh, and we're yeah. actually going to beat them at their own game and potentially beat them in this entire series. Because if you think about it, the Hawks, other than maybe one game, Jarvis, I would say we're competitive. The entire yeah. six-game series. They yeah. just maybe didn't have enough guns to be able to pull it out to even get it to game seven. The Sixers to me, had those guns to be able to get this to game seven before the series even started. But right. now I'm like, oh, not just get it to game seven. They might have the guns to win it because, again, if you take the Quinn Snyder blueprint and you start understanding how to get Jason Tatum out of the game, like when they got him to seven points, or how to get Derek White in early foul trouble, or how to yeah. get Jalen Brown to be a little more passive, even he admitted post game. That you know, our our own Wheeler Wheeler's own needed to step his game up a little bit in terms of assertiveness. If you can get those key players to do that again and again and again, and in the meantime, James Harden, you have the game of your life when you need to. But sometimes you'll need to fall back, and Joel Embiid, you assert yourself, and then get all of those others around you. I mean, to me, Jarvis, that's a series. That is a series, but that's a series more so because again, the Hawks may have been the reason that's a series because. I just honestly think Quinn Snyder gave Doc Rivers a, a little bit more of the blueprint to say, hey, here is how you get this team out of their element. And once you get them out of their element and you get to, them to thinking about their game and double thinking and not playing as a team, playing some hero ball, being out of sync, you got them. Yeah, and I think it's kind of exposing Joe Mazzula as well. Uh, because, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's you know, why I said Quinn Snyder yeah. gave the blueprint. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, you can, you can say that he's, oh, he's a really good coach. He, he's a really good coach. He's stepping in and doing his thing. But, yeah, they got Jason Tatum. They got a lot of good doggone players on that doggone yeah. squad. So, yeah, it doesn't take much to for them to be in Eastern Conference contenders like they are. Right. And let me take it a little step further, though, T. I like, I like what you mentioned. Like, you said the 76ers might take this series. Let's just say the 76 will take this series, right? It's tied up 2-2 right now. So, hey, pretty much even 0-0. If they 76 beat the Boston Celtics, could you see this being Jalen Brown's last one song? And you already know what I'm about to ask next. Yeah. Oh, easily. Should the Hawks take it? Should the Hawks go over? Fervently yes. to the, uh, up to Boston and, and, and say, "Hey, man, give him a pitch to say, hey, 
come on down here. We'll take care of the money and we'll and let us worry about the rest of it. Indeed. In case anyone was wondering whether or not teams in the NBA are assertive when it comes to making changes or overhauling the system, the shocker of and I'm, of course, being dramatic, but the shocker of the century, Mike Budenholzer gets fired by the Bucks. Nobody saw that coming. In fact, yep. I said I sent up a prayer for Hawks Things Nation saying, really quickly. y'all better be glad <laughs> that, that job was not open. Like, man, now, I mean, we thought Tony Wrestler and company, we thought Landry Fields and company, were, we thought they were looking like geniuses before. Now to know they have Quinn Snyder oh, yes. that is a and that Bucks point. opening and coming. But Absolutely. more importantly, you know, uh, Mike Budenholzer, Nick Nurse, and there's the third one. I apologize that I'm forgetting, but you know, Four mm. coaches who last coached these uh, ch- teams to championships. Mm. Only Steve Kerr has a job. Now, mm. I do think even if they go to seven and they lose to the Lakers, Steve Kerr is going to keep his job. Don't get me wrong. But there's something to be said about three of your last four head coaches of the title winning teams don't have a job right now. Now, the reason I'm stating that is because this. Just like you might be looking to get rid of a coach, a lot of t- times teams are looking to blow things up and say, okay, you know what? This isn't working. We tried it for two years past the time that Jalen Brown wanted to part ways, and it's still not working. I also think, honestly, Jarvis, if the Celtics get to the Eastern Conference Finals but don't make it back to the NBA Finals, I also think he's gone too. And if he is, if he is, I don't see any reason not to bring him back home or at least get yourself in the conversation because let's just be honest as much as deandre hunter can be that guy jalen brown has been that guy yeah so if There's you can get Jalen brown yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, you, you, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you go ahead and go past that luxury tax you go ahead and give the celtics whatever they want get him yeah Go get him. Go get him. I mean, there's nothing else to add to that, but that to that particular statement, T. But when you think about what the Braves have been doing and how when they get healthy, T, it is a scary team. And we'll talk about all of that next. But first, we've got to talk about FanDuel.com. You're talking about how more than likely if the Celtics lose, shoot, Jalen Brown might be on the way out. So guess what? If you're trying to find some odds, they have FanDuel has all the odds right there waiting just for you. And I will put some money on it because I want to see Jalen Brown come to the Hawks. How about that? I'm just going to go out there and put it out in the atmosphere because we need all of that uh, down there at State Farm Arena. So guess what? For all you new people, they got something right there just for you. They got the no sweat first bet up to $1,000 if your first bet doesn't win. Now, I hope my bet wins if I bet on Jalen Brown going to the Hawks. But if I don't, they got me covered right there at FanDuel. They got the money lines, the over-unders. Everything you need is right there. So, uh, especially with the baseball season going on, the Braves are doing their thing. They're catching fire. So, they have all, all the things right there. You try to figure out when Ronald Acuna going to hit his next home run or how many uh, RBIs he's going to get. They can bet the over-under and the money lines as well. Now, what I want you to do, head to fandu.com slash locked on today and take advantage of the no sweat first bet up to $1,000 if you, but that's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. And, and go to fandu and mess with fandu.com slash locked on because it is the official sports book partner of the Major League Baseball. The Braves continue to be at the top of their game, of course, tops in the National League and second best record in the entire of major league baseball and Jarvis it's so important to mention that because this is a team that is now 
up seven games on both the Mets and Marlins, both of whom they played and beaten them, gotten those series, got to sweep over the Marlins. And then you come back and you start the homestand with a very good Baltimore Orioles team, a sneaky good team that a lot of people are just, it's kind of under the radar, right? Right. And they were able to bounce back from winning, uh, excuse me, losing the first game and winning those last two. But boy, did I really like the Sunday win. The reason being because, Jarvis, we got to see everything that you and I have talked about needing to see and wanting to see from the Braves a three, two win in extras. Well, Michael, where Michael Harris, the second hits a double for a walk-off, right? So it doesn't have to be the long ball. You can get a double to get a win. If that's what it takes, Bryce elder, even in a losing effort, we got what we needed to see out of him as well. Right. And then you talk about the defense. We were very excited for a Braves country to be able to say Orlando Arcia is back. That is so powerful because we say it all the time that the Braves are a deep team and that Alex Anthopoulos is always thinking one step ahead, but there's nothing like a healthy Braves team because when they are healthy, they are dangerous drivers. And especially on defense in a close game, like the game we saw Sunday, let's talk first about that. How important was it to see the likes of what RC was able to do as well as Ronald Acuna Jr.? Yeah, I, I think RC is huge, right? Because when you th- look at and, and watch some of the guys, you know, in their post game comments, not necessarily, you know, downing Von Grissom, but like just knowing to have a guy in that spot and know exactly what to expect is what Austin Ryder said. Like, you know what to expect. You know what you're going to get from him. And that is a powerful arm. You know, he's going to make all the, the the routine plays, make them look easy, and he's going to be right there and do what he needs to do. And, you know, hopefully he gets back to hitting, hitting the ball like he was before he went down and, uh, with the uh, with the, uh, the microfacture that he had. So mm-hmm. all of those things kind of come into place, and, and he started to kind of – it got me thinking, T, like – Based off of what this team is, and, and, and Ron, Uncle Ron started talking talking about that. This is Ron Washington. He started talking about it as well. Just like given where this team is right now, the veteran laden team, the uh, the contender for a World Series team that they are right now, they don't need any uh, uh, mishaps. They don't need, especially at that that position because that's one of the most important positions on the on the field, T. So when when you have all of those things coming into play and you under you kinda understand where they say, okay, you know, Orlando RC you didn't have a rehab assignment. All right, cool. That's fine. But as long as you're okay, he said, I'm all right. I'm ready to roll. I don't need a rehab assignment. I'm ready to roll. Those are the type of decisions that you can make when you are when you have veterans on the team, when you're trying to contend for a World Series. And people understand that these games early on, I know that people may say, oh, it's 162 games. They don't really mean anything. But they mean something when you're trying to contend for a World Series. Yeah. And sometimes we all fall in love with the shiny toy. Right. And so Vaughn Grissom and Michael Harris, the second, they both came out all guns blazing and Spencer Strider as well came out all guns blazing. So of course we were thinking that Vaughn Grissom is probably the heir apparent to Dansby Swanson. That, that just makes for a, that's, that's logical. However, what's also logical is this. I remember a teacher telling me this once, everybody can't make A's. Everybody in the class can't make A's and it's all good. That doesn't mean that the the debate team or, you know, any other competitive group can't win if there's somebody who's making B's or even somebody who's making C's because we need all the players because a lot of times those C guys, that's your steady person, right? Right. Sometimes your B person is your steady person. I think Orlando Arcia is kind of that guy who maybe 
falls under the radar sometimes because he, he wasn't the shiny new toy, but he mm -hmm. is the most consistent guy. And I love the fact that you pointed that out, that that consistency is what wins you games just as much as the shiny toy. And sometimes you got to kind of send the shiny toy back because maybe it's still a little rough around the edges. Maybe it's still a diamond in the rough. And granted, they made the decision to keep Braden Shoemaker up on the 26-man roster, which, hey, that's a... Uh, encouraging sign for him. But also I love the fact that Von Grissom has shown a lot of maturity and a lot of patience and understanding that, Hey, until they see what they want to see, maybe I have to go back down uh, to triple a and, you know, RC is ready and available. Also, man, was it exciting to see Raseel Iglesias back? Yes, I mean, T. perfect innings. Yeah. striking him out, just looking so strong, so steady, so confident. And that goes back to, the Braves don't have to rush anyone back. So if they if they didn't feel like RC was ready, if they didn't feel like Iglesias was ready, they wouldn't have rushed them back. But Iglesias showed us big time just how much he was ready in this entire series. Just lights out once again. I mean, literally pitched two perfect innings, two strikeouts. He's just that guy. Yeah, to you, that is that has that's the most encouraging part, right? Like not only Orlando RC again back and giving us that consistency that we need defensively for the Atlanta Braves, but like solidifying and locking up the back end of that that that, that closer role, you know, and moving AJ Minter and back to and back into a role where I feel like everybody's a little bit would be a yeah, little bit more, more comfortable, comfortable with, yeah. you know what I mean? So I, I think like. It just looks so easy for him. And just even when he came in on Saturday, and he was, you know, coming in and, cl and closing the door and, and then uh, coming in on Sunday and, and, and making sure that, that, that lead, the lead stayed tied, you know, so they can go into the extra innings. So I think all of those things kind of like make you look at it from a standpoint of like, all right, you got your guy back. And this is the guy that we saw last year. And that's one of the things that you got to always kind of take into consideration, too. Like, those expectations got to change a little bit when when guys are coming off injury because you never know how it might respond because we've seen Kyle Wright. Oh, yeah, he's fine. Everything is good. He had the cortisone shot. He'll be good. No more pain. No now, more information. He, he and no more, more information. And, like, here we go. We're right back at it again. Right back at square one. So, for him to come out and give us those two perfect innings like he did, I feel like the Braves are really going to start to cook now because you know exactly who's coming in and you know exactly what he's going to do when he does, and that's going to close the door. And speaking of cooking, Michael Harris II, again, he gets the walk-off double. He gets the Braves to the win yesterday. But what I loved about it was the swag he showed. He was, and I'm, I'm proud of myself and how I'm going to say this. He was yes. so Atlanta. In his yes, post-game presser, he said, quote, <laughs> I was having some good at-bats all game. So to see them walk Ozuna and want to have to face me, it kind of put a fire in my you-know-what. I got up there first pitch and tried to hit something hard, and I did. I said, Jarvis, this is the kind of swag. This is the kind of don't mess with me. Don't come for me when I didn't sit for you. I love it. And then all of it at the end of the game. With yeah. all of the, it, just, it, it's and the reason I say this is because that is the kind of confidence that you want to see in your team, up, down, successful, failing, whatever, staying yes. on top and believing, but we're that team and I'm that guy. That's what you have to see. I believe also we love everything else that we're seeing with the Braves. But one of the reasons that this also works is because Jarvis, they deliver. So yeah. when you see Acuna Jr. showing us, what are we, what, five weeks into the season and we've already seen all five tools from him? 
And he brings that. So I just, that's a to me, that's a critical component as well, because that's the kind of thing that when you get into a hole, for example, whether it's a scoring hole or you've had some miscues or errors, that's the kind of thing you need to see in order to say, yeah, this team will bounce back regardless. Yeah, like that confidence, that confidence and consistency. Those are the, those are the overall theme here on, on, on ATL Day One. T. Yeah, I, I think that those guys, we we know what they're going to bring to the table. It's just a matter of them just remaining healthy and like over 162 game season. I mean, it's kind of you're being a little a little optimistic, you know, more so, you know, expecting them to be healthy the entire time. But when they're not out there they have some viable guys that can come in and, and fill in the gaps until they uh, come back and get this back boy, boy back rolling yeah speaking of confidence and consistency we are confident that you guys are going to keep coming back here each and every day why because you've been consistent for over a year and we appreciate you stopping yes. by atl day ones you guys are with us on youtube we appreciate you i went out to an event this weekend saw one of our fans he said hey thanks for doing what you guys do keep on doing it so thank you coach eddie we appreciate the support and don't forget to go out and tell some friends because not only can you catch us on youtube or not only can you download us wherever you download your podcast but we got a little something cooking with six serious xm that you guys need to definitely be aware of so yeah atl day ones and our locked on sports atlanta family and really the whole locked on sports network doing big things and we're doing it because of you our everydayers absolutely but t this is for the culture it is the intersection between sports entertainment the culture and sometimes whatever the hell we want to talk about because that's just how we get down on the show today is no different um so you know t like i'm the type of guy where when it comes to food i'll be willing to pay for it if it's really good so there's this restaurant up in New York called Misha, and I think that's how I pronounce. You know, if it's not, you know, please forgive me. Um, there's a restaurant by the, that goes by the name of Misha that has a hot dog. The hot dog has dry-aged brisket and pork, and um, it's nine inches long, so it's a little girthy, and, uh, you know, and it's eight ounces, so it's about a half a pound, you know, so it's... And then, you know, the guy who actually had it, you know, said, hey, you wouldn't be, you know, talked about in a bad way if you ate it with a fork. But the thing costs $29, T. Would you drop 30 piece for one hot dog? Oh, God. <laughs> God, no. You're talking about the person who pulled up on the picnic and was looking for the hot dog Saturday for the free free. So, you know, like, that's just foolishness to me. <laughs> I don't even have anything else to say. <laughs> right. All right. Wow. Wow. That. I mean, I, I'm not shocked. I know. I know how you get down, T. But but for me, I think I I try. I'll at least try it once. Um, I probably have to do it by myself because I know my wife will probably look at me like I'm crazy. See? Like, why are you spending thirty bucks on a exactly. doggone hot dog? It has brisket. Are we going to split it four ways? <laughs> I'll be all that by myself. I'm going to hold it down. I'm hold it down with that one. Uh, one more story before we get out of here. You got to talk about this one now. Like, so, you know, me, uh, when it comes to certain things, I don't like paying for it. So, you know, the whole, you know, thing with Atlanta and, you know, uh, with the parking ticket situation, you know, how that was just going crazy for a long time, right? So what started to come with that, though, was, the booters, the booters people, the boot people were coming, going crazy, putting, dropping boots on folks' cars. So, um, <laughs> apparently, <laughs> the, 
there is uh, some two young ladies who are uh, two sisters. I go and keep it a buck. Uh, two sisters, they go by the name of the Boot Girls, where they will go come to they will come to UT if you have a boot on your car, and they will take the boot off the car for you for the low, low price of $50. Now, for those you don't know and haven't had to pay that fee before, that is an excellent deal. <laughs> that is an excellent deal because, you know, they start off at $75. But, you know, those got those people be going well, $125, $150. Like, I've even seen people have, have to pay a couple hundred dollars, yes, you know, to get the boot you. taken off their car. So, like, how about this, T? Like, the... Basically, we have a Robin Hood situation. Basically, saying like, you know what, all you predatory uh, uh, boot folks out here dropping boots on folks' cars all over the city, like y'all got some, y'all got some competition now. <laughs> y'all it's got like some competition when the now. Was hacked and all those parking tickets went away because God don't like ugly. <laughs> right, y'all out here ticketing everything man. for everybody for every reason. Well, oh my gosh, man. What? Hey, girls, hey. <laughs> there are some people out here who will appreciate you. Now, I, an upstanding citizen who abides by the law, would not necessarily do such a thing. But if you all out there, our everydayers, decide to do it, we understand. Yes. Like, yeah. And then, of course, you know, you have the police officers basically saying, well, you know, you know, you can get catch a couple of charges, you know, by theft and, you know, and all Good this stuff. You come up with these keys. He's not saying it's illegal to have a, a, a key to open the things, but, you know, once you do that, you know, this is what you can uh, potentially face. Yeah. Hey, man, yeah. look, boot girls, yeah. salute. Salute to y'all. Yeah, <laughs> salute. Salute to y'all, man. You know, I helping the good folks, man. You're like, yeah, and making a little change on, on the side as well. I ain't got no problem with that at all. Oh, we live in a capitalistic society, right? It's just when it applies to certain folks, um, you know, people start to get a little upset. Well, wait a minute. I don't want to get on all that, but but y'all know what I mean. Y'all know what I mean. We, you also know what you mean by making sure you guys rock with us each and every day, our everydayers. We appreciate you guys and, and making ATL Day Ones your first listen of the day. Why don't you make, make sure you go ahead and continue to check us out and you know drop a comment in the comments box. Hey, I'm an everydayer here, Jarvis. Hey, I'm an everydayer here, Tanitra. You know, I'm rocking with y'all each and every day. Give me a shout out. We'll give you a shout out. I got to do a drop a comment in the comment box. We got you. We're going to take care of you. We already got one invite to the cookout. You know, we're looking for more as it gets warmer. We're going to be looking yeah. where we'll the cookout up. is. We'll pull up. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. All you got to do is just come come correct. ones at gmail.com. Drop the you know, we're RSVP and all that stuff. We, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll get sued in the booty. That's how we do. So we appreciate you guys for rocking with us. But, you know, before we get out here, I always got to make sure that you guys don't do anything else for the rest of your lives. Like, this is real deep. This is real, like, this is important. If you don't do anything else, make sure you guys share love, show love. Most importantly, spread love. Happy Monday, folks. <laughs>